Having a Gas is the podcast that talks to the great and the good of the creative industries. And in particular, finds out what makes great music for film, for TV, for commercials, for dancing to, for cooking to, f***ing to, and more. Today, I'm having a gas with Richard Denny, the executive creative director of St. Luke's. Richard began his career by becoming the youngest ever board member of Y&R in 1998. He then built his reputation as a bankable creative director, cruising through the biggest agencies in the industry before settling in at St. Luke's. Hello, Richard. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. What's uh, what's on your plate today? How are you coping? Um, what have I been up to? So I've literally was just uh, wolfing a, a, a sandwich down whilst having a chat with our young, our chief creative officer. So we were having a bit of a chinwag, um, had a couple of client meetings this morning. Um, pretty full on, actually, considering. Yeah. yeah, what did it what did it look like uh, on that second week of March when things went? What what how how was the feeling? When did St. Luke's empty the lockdown? We we um I mean prior to, to lockdown, you know, I think everyone knew what was coming. So we started to to we prepped way in advance, really you know, looking at what was going on around the world. When did you um, start, sort of end of February? Yes, yes, yeah, we started a lot later. So, you know, we were all in the office and then people, we were sort of testing systems and, you know, obviously this this sort of stuff. And we started doing, in fact, you know, um, Neil Henderson, our, our, our CEO, he um, he said, let's start trial running, what what remote working would be like from all, for all of us. So... Yeah. I think it was for a couple of weeks we remote we remote worked on a Friday, then a Monday, just just in case, you know, because all of a sudden if you're all in the office and you're working, then shutdown, we don't want anyone to go anywhere from tomorrow. Are we equipped and ready to, you know, ready to to carry on as as if, you know, carry on, you know, business as usual. So, you know, we did that uh, a few weeks in advance. And then prior to that week where it was getting quite tense, a lot of people did start working remotely. I know that I was going in the office, I think, every other day just just to sort of get into the, you know, pick stuff up, get stuff ready, even, funny enough, bring back sort of things like layout pads and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I was doing a bit of scribbling. Um, so that come the the, 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 the the lockdown, we were, you know, good to go, if you like. You know, a lot of our clients as well, <clears throat> um, some of the businesses and, um, you know, work remotely and we have clients where we are on, uh, using Zoom, so you know it's not, it's not it was not as though it was um, you know a new new piece of um, kit for us. It was just basically the whole world transferring to that and doing it all all in in, in one go. Um, but yeah, no, we, we had it sussed and, and um, you know we started we we have a thing on Friday afternoon called Nibs where we have food and drinks together from like four four thirty and we just have a chat about the week and we started doing that prior to lockdown as well, so that when it did happen. We were, you know, it, the transition was a really good one, even though we were all, all, all remote. So I think, you know, we, we, we did well prepping. Like I, th- I imagine most people were doing in, in, in you know, our, our business. Yeah. Uh, Rory Sutherland said he went into London on March the 11th and it was like a ghost town. Yeah. So you can see it. In- yeah. We're, up here, what we, we were obviously. Um, it was a strange thing for me personally because through February, uh, well, January, February, I was like, there's something going on in China um, and that's bad luck for China. They seem to they seem to never get a break on on these kind of things. And then, oh, it's in Italy as well. 
Not that many though. Oh, there's one in Brighton. And then a few weeks later, it's like, uh, this, it seems to be on the move. And then, you know, me and, me and my dad, uh, my dad came to meet me in Manchester on the 8th of March. And he said, I'm driving in to avoid COVID-19. And I was like, that's weird. He never does anything like that. And then a week later, you saw obviously the daily news with Boris saying more and more, obviously reluctantly, obviously went against all of his instincts. He really didn't yeah. want to do it. And he was like, you know, if, if you've got symptoms, stay home for seven days. And then a couple of days later, yeah. it was like, work from home where you possibly can. Yeah. And I might, so it sounds like for you guys, you'd already been trialing that. And it was like, right, let's go. Was And I think as well, like most of us, you know, we work in an industry where you have sort of global connections and I've got friends and all that. And I had friends in in some of the parts of Italy that got it like really badly and, and oh, right. they were kind of telling us that, you know, and I think they were, what, two, three weeks ahead of us and they were sort of messaging, I know I was chatting to my mate Diego and he was sort of messaging me about how grim it was and, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's coming. It's almost yeah. like they could see the wave and we couldn't, you know, and, and I think that's, that's that's the part of it, and and I think you know like like um, and and obviously a lot of businesses that we work with were were looking at their global partners and, and and you know people that they deal with. So I think everyone knew it was coming. It was just a case of when, wasn't it? Really? Yes. Yeah. I, I after a certain point, it really was, and for me, it was. I think I caught onto it much later because you know in London, I get the sense that it was creeping much more quickly, and. Um, Yes, yes uh, it felt like for me, I didn't really catch on till 8th of March onwards. I was like, uh, this might be a bit grim. And then it was like a couple of weeks later, yeah, everyone stay home uh, until until we tell you not to. And that was weird. But yeah. um, but uh, we're all, you know, we're all acclimatized to it now. Things are starting to open up again and we're starting to cautiously move back out. And now we're having the reverse uh, the reverse phenomenon where at the beginning of the lockdown you had people being um, reluctant to go along with it for the first two weeks and now you've got people reluctant to go back outside and being highly critical of everyone for going yeah. going out to the pub. So um, so what's what, uh, you're all still working from home, I take it? We are, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we go in, like we had a, a couple of, uh, some of the guys, not, not me personally, but... Some of the guys have got, uh, had some, you know, big client meetings, and most of it has been remote. But there's been the odd, you know, we've got some new business uh, where they've met in the office, but social distance, masks, yes. everything, gone through that, you know, protocol. Um, but other than that, we're still doing what we, you know, the system like this. Now I live out in the sticks. I don't, I don't live in London, so some of us, you know, I went in a couple of weeks ago, but. I didn't have to get up or get on a commute or anything like that, you know, early in the morning. I just went in when it, I thought it would be the quietest and left before everyone, <laughs> everyone yeah. else. Yeah. But, yeah, we're still, we're, we're still up and running like this. I think the, the more it eases down, you know, things are starting to, you know, get go back into production now. That's starting to happen. I've got friends that are, you know, in production that, that, you know, they're working and studios are popping up now and, you know, life life is starting again. But it's it's not right, Monday morning, see you at nine, and then that's it all week. I think, you know, it's going to be staggered. I think one thing that we are going to be doing is working more remotely, you know, so we are going to have days where we're at home and do less of going in because, you know, we've learned that it can be done and you can still be as, as productive working like this. Yes. You know? yeah. I think that's going to change for a lot, a lot of people. I think, you know, everyone said um, that I, I know that I've talked to that they've, there's a lot of good that's come out of it. And I don't 
just just mean that sort of from sort of speed, but actually being at home and actually thinking and having that time to sort of get your head around stuff rather than sort of get up in the morning, get ready, get on the train or get on a pack tube, commute across London. Get on, do, do you know what I mean? You can, of course. You can, you can get going quite quickly. I think the, the danger of it is, and I found that, is because you're working from home, that um, I've worked more than I would, you know... We you can start hard, earlier and you can stop you start later. Earlier and you don't really switch off and then you kind of because oh, you're at, you're at home and you can't really do anything so to, you know we don't we don't do weekends but we've been doing a little bit of weekends because we've just been at home for years like yeah just chat but usually we don't yeah yeah so you've got this balance in that i think that's the most important part otherwise it kind of you know becomes a system then it becomes you're doing it every day so you yeah know, we're sort of, mindful of that and what we're doing now is you know we've we've been we've we've you know you know touch wood it's we're we're lucky we've had a we've had a busy period and as i said we've got some good things to announce um so we've been busy so now it's a little bit quiet even though things are starting to go into production we're making sure that people have got afternoons free and doing stuff and you know go and do your own thing and all that because everyone's sort of brilliant thing about St. Luke's is you know, great bunch of people that care about each other and everyone's just rolled their sleeves up and got stuck in together. So we're just making sure that everyone can actually breathe now. Yeah, it does sound like you're on it with the work ethic because initially the resistance to flexible working was no one's going to do as much work. Whereas in your case, it sounds like there's too much work. There's not enough of a hard line between personal life and professional. Yeah, um, I mean, we. The, so Luke's is always, you know... The most important thing is, we, you know, with regards to us, is as I said, we don't, we don't do weekends. We try and shut the office early in the evening, so it's not, you know, it's definitely not not a sweatshop. It, we care about the people and their well-being. It's why most people that are Luke's been there a long time. You know, we got this fund, make yourself more interesting, where people get a couple hundred quid each year to go and do something different and learn a new skill. RMD Palmer. He now is in a band, plays the drums, which was that fun. Helena, um, one of our creatives, she, a few years ago, she, she'd, um, she had a helicopter pilot's lesson. She's now a fully qualified helicopter pilot. Amazing. Obviously, 200 quid a year doesn't fund that, but no. that's something she does. So she, No, no, she keeps her hours up. She flies bloody helicopters across to France and does stuff like that. And we've got yoga teachers out of it. So... It's a very cultural look after you because when you're like that and you're in that mind space, you bring your best self to work and you do your you do your best work. It's just because of the situation we've been forced into, you know, pitching and new business and the way that's changing and business being on hold and everything. We sort of said to everyone, "Are you up for you know getting involved?" Everyone's like, "Yeah, of course," you know. So kind of look after your your, your clan if you like, and then your, and your clients around it. I'm interested to um, hear. Have you have you worked for? One of the agencies in the past that's under a big holding company, Omnicom, WPP, one of these. I, I worked my entire career for, for networks, yeah. um, YNR, which was which then bought, which I stayed in, bought Rainy Kelly, and I worked with Rainy Kelly for a few years, which was excellent, brilliant. I think that was my um, first uh, taste of an independent mindset in a network. It was such a talent, a uh, bunch of talented people. Um, and then I went. I was at Sarchi's for a few years at DDB, and then DDB. From there, I was at um, DLKW Low, which would become Mullen Low at yeah. ZCD. And then St Luke's has been my my first taste. I've been there three years. I think it's my anniversary this week of independent life. Great. How does it compare? 
it's very, very different. I mean, the, the, the first thing is, is you're not accountable to anyone upstairs or overseas other than yourselves. You know, as, everyone in that building is there and it's, you know, you're your own, you know, you've got your own destiny in front of you and you, you answer to no one. I mean, I, I obviously answer to Al and Neil and, the, you know, the team, but you're all in it together. It's very, very, very different. You know, you're not, there's lots, there's lots of different ways. I mean, there's, there's, there's great things that networks have from sort of a, a, a perspective of, you know, I think the good things that I enjoyed when I was in network, especially at, uh, at DLKW, which um, was the, the creative community that we had. You know, we used to get together of councils and look at each other's work. I still keep in touch with those guys and we share stuff, in it, you know, and I've shared stuff with them before. But, you know, I, I, I love this. I love this independent thing. I yeah. Think it's, it's actually a breath of fresh air. Why is that? Because you get to steer it a bit more independently and a bit more. You definitely steer. You definitely steer it more. You know. You. You. You know what you guys shape for the business is is what it is. It's not sometimes some networks. You know. Don't get me wrong. Um, because some of the best agencies are are, are um, attached to networks, but you can be a replicated voice if you like, or a replicated. Um, you know, you're all quite similar, even in in, in a network, whereas you know you do your thing and that's what we do you know yeah so one thing i was interested in is um obviously i want to move past lockdown stuff but while we're still while it's still front of mind um and i was wondering as ecd has it affected your creative at all has um the you know have ideas had to change in the way you're trying to get ideas across has changed in accordance with the way the world's changed since march I'm absolutely yes is the answer to that. I think um, you know, for me, it's been it's been a, a, an incredible experience. You know, being creating um, stay home now that wouldn't have come from it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't gone into lockdown. So creating that piece of work, you know, it also it was all done remotely, so it was done in this kitchen that I'm sitting in and being plugged into everyone else in the team at homes and then our friends that got involved and, uh, you know, director Malcolm Venville when he helps out with the film and Rick Russell, the editor, and uh, Ben Lees who did the sound. And everyone did that remotely and, and it demonstrated that we can do it. Now, obviously, there's lots of this cottage industry-style footage that we're all getting a bit tired of now. Yeah. But what we did do was something iconic that people wanted because and and... and it inspired us to carry on doing it and make it bigger and, and take it to, to, to the film and, and the things that we did. And, you know, having global clear channel go, bloody hell, we love it. We put it on posters. And more importantly to society, taking the SHM message and creating it and making it their own from people dyeing their hair and shaving it in their head to making T-shirts to car stickers, even to a little boy doing a magic trick with a pebble. That's That's been a breath of fresh air. And I think what I've also loved is seeing how people have been creative during during lockdown. And that isn't just people in our field, you know. People have been inspired to do stuff because you can't, you know, this you can't really go out for a walk, but you've got to be careful. You can't really do anything because everything's closed, which I think, so it's, it's allowed people the time to re-engage and do things that maybe they did when they were younger, like, like paint or crochet or carpentry or, or anything like that. 
or, or discover a new skill and try stuff. Look at the amount of people that are gardening and, you know, I didn't, there was this, um, you know, I've, I've seen people um, doing all sorts of incredibly creative stuff. And I think what has also happened is people have been isolated. Uh, so therefore they, they, they have to show and remind people how creative they are. So we've seen incredible stuff from, from illustrators um, sharing new work and people putting out stuff out there themselves and just and just making things just to keep keep relevant and keep you know in the spotlight if you like yeah but the outside of that is really good as well as the positivity surrounding it and not the constructive criticism if you like rather than you know is it good isn't it good it's like people have gone yeah that's great do it and I think that's what's been brilliant and I, I hope will continue that that need for a community spirit to get behind people, no matter what it is, to make something and do something and actually go fucking good on you. You know, you're doing it, you know? And I think that's what I've loved about it. And, you know, we're still seeing, still seeing bits like that now, you know, because it, it's not, it's not great. You know, salaries have been cut and, you know, the, 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 the people that are struggling with regards to business, but even in our industry from freelancers, you know they're they're out there desperately trying to do 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 their do their thing. Um, I, I know that as um, a, f- a friend of mine, a creative that we've we've used before, and uh, a good mate, Rob Portis, and his partner Dave Asquith, they've just done something for the hospitality industry who's struggling called yeah. um, I- I- Invisible Chips, and they're inviting people to buy invisible portion of chips, and it's like three fifty, and you can get a drone delivered and all that, and they've got spokespeople coming up and chefs and everything to help uh, support the charity. And that was a bit of proactive work because they're like, you know, desperate to do work, but just to show what they're, you know, what they're doing. And, and it's fantastic. It's really, really good to see. And, and you know, they're getting a lot of, a lot of uh, response to it. And, and I think because there's a necessity to be inventive and creative and show what you're capable of and how creative you can be. And it's a brilliant bit of work, you know. And so there's lots of that. And, and that's what I love. The tough thing has been, obviously, we had shoots planned and booked, they have to freeze. Some of the stuff you can't shoot, so you put it on hold. Animation's going to see a whole new boom. I mean, we've got some stuff in, in production before lockdown that was animation that we're super excited about, but you're going to see more incredible animation because it's one thing that can be done remotely. You know, and then lockdown forces you, hopefully, to try and be inventive. Every, it was all, it's all been getting a bit f- familiar with the, the, the mobile phone thing, but hopefully there'll be the, there are definitely the standout things there that people have gone, wow, what a, great, what a great bit of creative. I mean, one of my most exciting and inventive things I've seen out of the whole of this was from the guys at Isanova. I think there's a bunch of scientists in, in Italy who did that. Did you see the, um, the 3D printed valve? that was attached to the uh, decathlon face mask. No, I didn't see so that. Got a ventilator respiratory uh, problem in, 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 this was in Italy, there wasn't enough ventilators. So they designed a 3D, valve, 3D printed valve that could plug into a decathlon, you know those full face snorkels that then could be plugged into an oxygen tank so people could breathe. Amazing. It's absolute genius. Yeah. And they did that for free. And then they put the pattern on, on the website for free for hospitals to use. 3D print, Got a valve, decathlon supply the masks, they can plug them into oxygen tanks, people can breathe and hopefully save lives. That is creativity in a crisis right there. Yeah, because that's, uh, I was talking to Ben Kay about this yesterday, saying that creativity is, um, you know, almost by definition born of constraints. It's when you have a problem to solve and a narrow 
um, and and narrow parameters in which to solve it. And that's a um, well, it's a good a, a good example of a quick response to uh, a brief, oh. I suppose. Well, the f- problem is, is sometimes we have far too many rules. Yeah. And when and when 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 you haven't got any time and you kind of put it into that perspective, you have to sometimes rip up the rule book and think again. And also simplification, not complication. Yes. You know, what is it? Do I understand it? You know, if you think about an emergency sign and exit, it doesn't say loads of messages on it, does it? It just says exit. You know, yeah. you know. <laughs> And, and that's the problem is sometimes is, or, you know, when you look at stuff is it just gets busy. It gets busy and busy and busy. And in the end, you don't know what to take out of it. So I think, you know, when you're forced into that mindset, you've got to go, right, what do you want me to, what's the information I need to take in? Right, I take that in. I understand. Thanks. And just be clever or try and be clever without being clever, if you like, to do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's um, something that Paul Burke was championing when I was speaking to him. He was saying that, we've gotten to the point where some out-of-home work, uh, you don't know what it's selling or how you would buy it. And of course, you know, the, the sometimes that's the purpose of the creative work is it's to take complications and move it down into something which you can easily understand, usually in a sentence or two, which is obviously the genius of the copy. And um, I'm reading, um, reading something at the moment that is exploring that hypothesis about what's happened to uh, Adland and to creative in general. I mean... How long have you been in the creative industry? When did you get started? I've been doing it for 24 years. Oh, really? So wow. Quite a long time. Yeah. Great hairs want... are coming. Oh, yeah. The great hairs are coming. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought so from looking, but. Um, <laughs> Very kind. Well, it means you've been doing it since I was three years old, just to put it in perspective. That's nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what I was wondering was have you seen this transformation that gets discussed quite a lot at the moment, which is that. Um, the creative is getting more and more. Um, it's not because it, the creative ideas are taking fewer risks, and the agencies are more fearful of their clients because they are the clients are quite tempted to put more of their budget into data and interpretation of data and ways to get directly to their customers over social media and things like this. Um, yeah, have you uh, have you noticed a change in the way the work is done and the quality of the work? There's definitely there's definitely a change in the in the way that work's done, and and you know everyone's got or or or, or had data in the past to try and back up why uh, uh, you know one thing is more successful than the other. But a lot of the time, that stuff doesn't work, and it's not memorable. And I think the thing is, what 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 I'm I think you know the best clients understand that entertainment and 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 you know mediums used properly will be successful and you know data can play an important part in it but it's not but it isn't an an idea you know it's not an idea you know and that's 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 the danger I I would I would say is when when it's treated as you know as as, as an idea rather than as part of a, a means of, to, to to try and communicate a good idea and I think. That's that's the, the 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 danger. I think the other thing as well is 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 formats. Is you know you 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 put communications out there and, and a lot of it it doesn't really stack up or or, or or match if you like. So you know the best brands they can put work out there and you'll know it's from them. They can 
disappear in shutdown, for example. I mean, here's a great example. Uh, KFC, for example. Okay. KFC understands its target audience. It does brilliant communications. It's got a great tone of voice. Everyone knows what it, you know, they've done a great job, you know, from the, 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 the fuck on the bucket. You know, they can play with an audience. They can do some brilliant TV. They can really engage with you. They've got a visual world that's distinct and you, and you, and you, and you get it. But what can happen is shutdown can come where people aren't going to spend, but they can still join in a conversation whilst COVID's happening with, with Rate My KFC. Did, did you see that? It's a brilliant, yeah. brilliant idea. Now, everyone's watching the same stuff over and over and over again and seeing the same sort of footage and the same sort of stuff. And, and some of that earlier on stuff was brilliant, you know, still seeing those brands switched on. Um, but KFC doing it with a... With, using wit in a time where, where people are nervous, scared, you know, it's not, not nice things are happening, but still have a, a bit of entertainment, keeps them at top of mind. So that the moment that the, the doors are open and you can drive to a KFC and, and get a, your bucket and sit out in the car park, they're back. They're back yeah. like a shop. Yeah. And I, I've seen it because I took the kids and they're all sitting in the car park, hundreds of them, all with yeah. their KFCs. Yeah. And but that's because <coughs> they, you know, they went quiet, but they didn't disappear. Yes. You know, they still did their things. Our clients still still did bits, you know. They were still, but, you know, they were still doing stuff. They were helping the NHS. They were doing things. You know, they weren't shouting about all that stuff. They were just getting on and doing it as yes. well. And I think the tonal thing is right. And I think that's because they've got solid, grounded ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, and data might get used at, 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 at times, but it's not. It's not the it's not the it's not the idea, you know. No. I think that's hopefully we'll see more and more good ideas again. Well, this is it because I think a lot of us uh, create creative types, and you know, God help me for lumping myself in with you, uh, but uh, you know, as in as if I uh, can say, well, you and me, we're of a, a type, uh, well, ECD and a <laughs> producer, but. Um, yeah, we got in to, to make the work and to make stuff that would entertain, uh, amuse, uh, engage, st- stir, move. We want to make that stuff. And that's what people want to see, I believe. People don't like being bothered. They don't like stuff interrupting their flow and saying, by the way, YouTube pre-roll, I think, is getting quite bad. It's like, oh, just watch this for five seconds. And you try and get the idea in five seconds. And here's a second advert now. You've got two adverts. And some of them, have you seen the ones that say, just while you're here, can you tell us which of these brands you've heard of? And you have to do a little survey. Oh, now, yeah. That's not an idea. It's not creative, you know. And I think I have a feeling that people will uh, not mind seeing a good advert that they didn't ask to see if it's great, if it's Cadbury's Gorilla, if it's Guinness Surfer, if it's No Child Born to Die by Adam and Eve from 10 years ago. And everyone... The, the the whole nation talks about John Lewis every year. And so it seems like it will be in the brand's interest to really engage with the creative uh, and not get lost down this kind of rabbit's warren of, um, you know, more and more sort of insidious ways to get right to the customer and tap them on the head. Uh, and the KFC is a great example, because like you said, they didn't, they they stayed front of mind by being entertaining, not by being annoying. Yeah, I th- I, and the other thing as well is they're not treating the, 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 the consumer like they're bloody stupid. Yes. And I think that's the thing. You know, I think that's when people get really wound up and they mm. just go, oh, not that. That same old, 
generic formulaic shit that I'm, oh, here we go again. And, and they've got the power in their finger just to pro- press next. Yes. And it's gone. And, but that, you know, that's not rocket science. It's, it's, tr- it's convincing those brands that, you know, there's ways of doing that and using that button so that they don't press send or that they, you know, have a, have a one-to-one emotionally engaged, like you say, make them laugh or, 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 you know, cry or, you know, want to know more. And I think that's when creativity is, is greatest. There's proper emotional connection and the understanding of the people you're talking to rather than treating them as a number and, and, and a, a, a wallet, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually fully sympathize with that perspective because ultimately when you're, uh, if you're a brand and you're trying to get through to your customers, you ultimately are doing it because you need their money. But ironically, if you act like that's the main in uh, motivation, then it's less successful. You know what I mean? It's like the same with the. It's the same with you know normal uh, standard B two B sales. If you, if you, um, if you go to your prospect and just regard them as all right, wh- what are you? How much? What's your budget? How much stuff do you need this? Then they won't. They won't feel like you're talking to them. You'll, they'll feel like you're trying to get around them and straight to the uh, the checkbook and. And they won't want to engage, and so it's um, well, it's interesting that it happens at all levels. But yeah, uh, regarding the um, the actual creative stuff, um, what stuff have you seen? What work have you seen? Ads out of home, print, TV, uh, over the last let's say twelve months that have really impressed you? Um, I, I love I love um, Britain get talking. I think that's an absolutely uh, incredible campaign. I think you know the the, the the strength and the power of, of, of that idea to um, be able to be a little lock-up on, on ITV screen, um, you know, with that message on, and then the way that they've done it with their films, even in lockdown, and then the, the texting and everything is uh, is genius. The press ads are beautiful. It's an absolutely brilliant piece of work. Um, so I, 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 I love that. Um, Hold on one sec. Um, so I think that's that's great. Um, what else? Recently, I mean, over the last 12 months, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're, we've sort of been living in this bubble. Um, what else have I, I really enjoyed? KFC. I, yeah. I, love, I love where KFC's, the journey KFC's been on. I think, you know, that every time I see a new piece of work come out from, from those guys, I get excited. Uh, I, I love I love that work. Um, I I really like the new direction that um, Just Eat took um, in in lockdown. Snoop Dogg, yeah, the Snoop Dogg ad, purely because what's interesting is well, there was a conversation the other day, and I think it was I can't remember. It was my wife and my son was talking about we were watching a film, and then one of them said, "It's weird how people are standing next to each other." Yeah. So I, I sort of like latched on to that. It's like, crikey, we really are in this film world now where, you know, because we've already talked about shooting and obviously social distancing and stuff like that. So is that a part of the norm? If you're seeing people together, are people, people are obviously now, you know, or it might just be my family, looking at work and then seeing, seeing a previous life, if you like. Yes. So when, yes. That, when that Snoop Dogg ad came on, and I, and I love it, you know, who doesn't love a bit of Snoop Dogg? Hmm. And there was none of that. There was there was no social distancing. It was even these dudes in their home. It just made me bloody laugh. And I think you know, I I think that's what we need right now. Entertainment. Yeah. And, yeah. and 
I, I, you know, I, I absolutely love that. I thought it was great. Yeah. From a, I, a recent piece. Did you, um, <laughs> did you see the TikTok ad by uh, Ogilvy? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was really good because it was... Uh, it was when you reflect on it, obviously made on Zoom because it was all the influencers and celebs who they'd yeah. recruited for it, it at home. But it absolutely wasn't a part of the idea. It was just, well, this is people using the app and um, that can be done from home, but we don't need to make a deal about the fact that it's done from home. And I think that's what you're, um, that sounded like what you were getting at just then. It's like, uh, you know, as an industry, we need to carry on making good stuff without constantly referring to coronavirus and lockdown, because I actually think people want to forget about it sometimes. I, I think people want to absolutely. aspire to be out of it. Yeah, I, I think I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think we're start seeing more and more work that that doesn't remind us of lockdown. You know, even you know, we're still be doing we have to because of safety, shoot stuff and be kept mindful, but it's not going to scream in a lockdown world, you know? Yes. And I think more and more of that hopefully will, will come back on our screens and a lot of that mobile sort of, you know, cottage industry, all shot on an iPhone stuff will, will, will disappear. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a nice, uh, it'll be a nicely dated idea when we can look back on it and go, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Ready for the second wave. Yes, of course. But, um, so we, but we'd be remiss if we didn't get on some music um, because I know that's been... Uh, not only do I know that it's been a big part of your career because you've mentioned that before, but also um, I went down uh, the landing page on St. Luke's um, and all, the, all of the TV season online uh, ads that were on, on the front page. Very strong musical component. Oh, and thanks. I mean, uh, for me, mu music's um, really, really important. I think, you know, um, it's interesting, I think... Um, it, it, the, the the thing that the thing with it is though is it's really tricky because it can be so polarizing. Yes, you know, finding music that you know isn't just necessarily for a target audience. You know, because people all have all have um, different flavors. They have different styles of music they like. Um, you know, but so finding the right track for a piece that's going to appeal to everyone isn't an easy task. And then and, and also finding something that is representative and right for the brand as well. <clears throat> you know, you've you've got to get that right. But no, I, it's music for me is 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 always um, played a big big thing in 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 in, in certainly in, in the work that I've done over the years. Yeah, and literally to the point where music has been part of the idea. As you know, as we discussed with Stay Home Now, We'll Meet Again. You know, we 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 use that because. Um, it was relevant because the Queen had mentioned it, you know, and it was off the back of Dame Vera Lynn's wartime song. But also the words were relevant to the message we were trying to say. You know, we were literally, in, in the UK, we'd just hit our peak. So something was working. People were listening to, to, to the messaging that was out there about staying at home. You know, so we got the, 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 the NHS staff on the front line and the key workers and then the celebs to help give them a little boost. And, they, and them all speaking those words and then saying together we can turn this around was, you know, we will meet again. Just keep going. Don't yeah. go out just yet. So it's, it played, it played a, 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 relevant, a relevant role in that. You know, and I think we've, we've um, whenever I, I, we're, we're using music or, you know, always, you, you know, I've, it's interesting. I've had clients in the past go, look, can you put a piece of music on it? I want that music. 
you try nine times out of ten. I've had it happen a couple of times where the music has definitely been on the film prior, but you shoot the thing and it doesn't quite match. But I always try to write, if ever I've been writing scripts or put, doing stuff like that, write with music in mind and I write while that's playing because I think that helps set you, put you in a mood, set you in the environment, set a tone, tone for it. Um, I've even used it years ago. We did a, a Cronenberg ad uh, called Femme Fatale where it actually launched um, Kenobi, the, the band Kenobi, and the music was slipping to something uh, more comfortable. <clears throat> and it was, um, it was a bit of sort of black comedy, if you like, where you thought all these dudes were, you know, about, there was a butcher who was about to chop his hand off. Everyone, and there was a model, and you know, it's not right now, but it was a model. They were all looking at the model. There was a guy, electrician, that goes to get electrocuted. There was a guy with a pickaxe that sticks a pickaxe. And you think they were looking at the girl, but they're looking at the pint. But the music, that piece of music, we found that prior to shooting it, and we actually used it in casting. Yes. When we looked at the the, 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 the the main lead, you know, we played tapes and tapes of, of, of our, our leading lady and we played that music and that really set the tone, which was that, was she going to really portray what we wanted for that, the, the desire of, of, of the guys that are about to end their life or chop their hands off? And it was just a, a match made in heaven and with the director as well, that music set the tone for the lighting and the direction. Uh, Malcolm Bindler did that for us, who did SHM. And it worked all the way through. But then sometimes we've done that and we've had music on, on mood drills and casting tacks. When you shoot, shoot them and put them together, they don't match at all. So you've got, yeah. you've got to start again. But that's the interesting thing, thing about it. That's what I find really interesting about music is you can't really argue with it. It does command a certain feeling. And if it's not working on the film, it's just not working. And, uh, you know, you couldn't... You couldn't squeeze the track until it did work wow. you know what I mean and uh, and vice versa with the edit and um, uh, it's interesting I've never actually heard it uh, used as a casting tool but it will have the same effect you'll be trying to cast the right person and you'll be hearing <coughs> that, that track and you'll be thinking it's almost like you know if, if you regard your uh, potential uh, casting choice as the edit it's like do they look right with this track if not um now, that's a really interesting approach, you know. It's yeah. um, um, it's uh, similar to something I, I know that Sergio Leone at one point shot his, you know, film. Uh, I can't remember which one. Maybe Once Upon a Time in America with the score Ennio Morricone actually on yeah. loudspeakers, so that people would feel as they were supposed to. And so there's this kind of inarguably compelling thing about it. Have you? Um, We've uh, done that on on, on shoots. We played the music at. Uh, full belt through giant speakers. What kind of thing were you shooting? Um, who? What was it with? I think we did it with uh, a director years ago on Land Rover. Yeah. Uh, where the director wanted uh, had we had the music track in mind. I mean, we did we did it for uh, we've done it for Rock, um, Rock the Ribbon, and we did it for uh, the, the, the last Tango in Compton, Jonathan Glazer. You play the music, and they're and they're doing it. To, to, to picture you might not use it but that's what you've got I think we had something very if it was I think it was actually a trap you know dancing and performing to it just to set you know one you need it for rhythm with yeah. you know, dance piece, but even with other one with the performance to help get them into it because there's no there's no dialogue you know and it can really 
really helps set the tone and the mood and the action and the performance. Yeah. How do you solve the problem of when you're looking for music for the creative work, uh, not just uh, exploring your own taste palette? You know what I mean? Not just going to what absolutely. you listen to. Yeah. A- absolutely. I think that's that's the that, you know. If I was to go on the things that I would I would want to hear all the time, that it wouldn't it wouldn't always work. So it's got to be right. I, I mean, I've I've never. I like all. I, I, I'm I suppose I'm lucky, and I suppose most people. But I like all style of music. You know, I, I appreciate everything, and that's because, mainly because of partly what I do. But I've always been inspired by different styles of music, anyway. And and so you know, for me, therefore, you know what I what I what I love isn't. You know, if it was one style, it wouldn't always be the answer. It's got to be what's right for the film, what's right for the brand, what's right for the tone. Story is yeah. it is it is it part of the narrative, um, you know? And I, I think that's that's you've got to keep an open mind in that, and also chuck things in there that you wouldn't necessarily expect to work with it. I think you know, clash, put them together, make them make them awkward. Yes, I mean, that can be beautifully disruptive and and work really really well, rather than what you would expect on it. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly the type of thing that you're uh, describing there. I've got a good example I might show you after this, but um, uh, I I was interested to talk about projects you've been involved in where you've been quite, let's say, invested in the music and maybe it hasn't gone the way you wanted. I know you mentioned that you were involved in a project with Mike Skinner. or or What was that for? Oh, yeah, that was um, was when we were at DDB. We we, we launched um, Virgin Media, uh, a more exciting place to live, and the, the, if funny enough, the, the, the concept was music-based right from the off. The, 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 the words, the narrative, were from Madness's Our House. Seb Edward shot it, so it was different scenes. It was um, Our House uh, in the middle of our street. You know, Father Wears His Sunday Best. The kids are playing up downstairs. Um, sister's lying asleep, which we can't hang around. Our, our house has a crowd. And what we did is we shot... Virgin Media households in life to each of those verses and set a picture of what an exciting place to live was like. Yeah, yeah. So that, that become the, the you know the, the narrative over it, if you like, the the, the the voice over the top. And we had a we had um, we had turned the page from um, the streets. You know that. Should start singing. Um, we had that over it. And it was bloody brilliant the way that they just oh it just it just was so upbeat and, and dramatic and absolutely anthemic and it had all gone through and it was it was cool but Mike Skinner he had the you know like you do on, on a lot of these big pieces he had the last you know um, approval on it um, <clears throat> and we shared the film finished and everything and I think it was about two or three days before launch and he he said I don't want to do it I don't I don't I don't want this. Um, which uh, I, 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 I did actually shed a tear. Wow. Um, the, the track that we had, it was really nice, but it, and it, it was good. It was a good piece. It's, I think it's still on my, 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 my personal reel. Um, but the music that was on it that we didn't have took it to the next level. And I think that's the sad part of it. And I think it, all t- it turned out he was in the middle of a project and he was doing something. It was a bit weird. Um, you know, not him. I think he's an incredible, incredible talent. 
Um, and we had paid homage into it. We had this block of flats that we'd shot, a beautiful shot idea from Seb, and from one of the scenes, and, and it was a reference and homage to him because we were using his music to the streets. And I think he, he, he thought, hang on a minute, they're, they're just going to rip off my thing. And he was about to release this new video that was quite similar and I think he thought it might overpower his, so he changed his mind and pulled out. Mine yeah. wasn't not. I think with um, yeah, I think with some artists, it's a case of I don't want to just be associated with this advert. Yeah, and and you know we've 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 pitched for music before, and and you know I won't say, and the the record label's gone. Oh yeah, they they, they love that, but the artist doesn't want to do it because they're wound up with their label and they don't want their label to get the money. So yeah, so we can't. No, we can't do it. That, that's that's quite common. But yeah, so so that that was that was that. I had a I had another one, which Dad changed. We, we did an ad same place actually. Not I think it was either just before for VW. Positive thinking, more more common wise with the guy. It was during the recession. It was it was all about that one thing you can rely on. Passat, um, and um, we had we ended up with this film shot by Noah Morrow and it was a guy singing when you feel down try positive thinking and he walks on it's all life it's all life shit it's you know shops are closing down da, 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 da. anyway but one thing you can rely on is, is, is Passat that wasn't the original track the original track was uh, always look on the bright side of life and it was going to be and we wanted um, Eric Idle to do it and he was going to then get in a Passat and then just drive off and it was well I know it would have been so yeah. much bigger it would have been so much bigger. And yeah, it come out, it was really nice. But it still pains me it wasn't that. Yeah. And he yeah. was up for it. And then he had wobble and changed his mind because of the pythons and that piece of music. But it was next level shit. And it just, it just, it just, there's this massive difference. Music, the importance of that track, the importance of that, that piece to the film, to the idea, can make or break. You know, now they're not broken. They were good pieces, they were good films. But I think had... You know, the streets trapping on that, it would have been next level. And I think had Eric sung Look on the Bright Side for Volkswagen, it would have been a, you know, a, a much bigger and better ad for it. But you, yeah. you learn from it. You learn. What do you make of the, um, uh, as, as an exec uh, creative, what do you make of the, the difference in process between um, having something com- composed for the ad and syncing a known track? Because I, I get the impression a lot of the time it's, more, it's tempting to go for a known track because it's already baked and you can work with it and not have to, you know, you have to negotiate, uh, you know, your accounts team have to negotiate money-wise or your producers with the with the rights holders, but yeah. you never have to creatively negotiate with the track, it's already there. I, I think both have absolute their merits. I think both are absolutely, um, you know, relevant. I think what we have to be careful of is sometimes when you're, composing because you can't get that track so you try and do a knockoff yeah. of it that's where my toes curl if you like and I go yeah. oh, I know they so you know you either for me you either you can go there's my inspiration but you either find that track or do your own yes I think yes. you can kind of hang on a minute is that a knockoff version of X yeah I, you know look Joe Public probably doesn't give a shit but I, I, I would be like oof find that a bit uncomfortable. You can always tell when someone's done it as well, yeah. Of course you can. And I think that's that's the problem. But, you know, composed, composed music, I mean, crikey, Honda, Honda Grr, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, from the boys, 
from playing that guitar themselves and writing that song. What a great, this genius, genius bit of, um, not, not just the idea, but even that, to do that. And the whistling, them whistling, you can feel that, you know. Um, you can absolutely feel that in it, you know. So composed music is 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 absolutely um, is brilliant, you know. We've worked with composers, I can't remember the last piece I did, and, and had things scored. And, and it's, it's wonderful because it becomes storytelling and, 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 and part of the narrative. If you think about, you know, this isn't actually a composed piece, this is a, a classical piece of music, but um, um, if you think about stellar ice skating priests, um, you've got um, that piece of music in it, which is, I think, is a, a, a Polish classical um, piece. Every single part of that music is almost the storytelling. To the score is the storytelling. To the reactions of the priests looking at the other one, the way that that classical music works to each frame. Silent movie. Yeah. The music is the voice. Yeah, I suppose that's like... It's the reactions. It's the guy falling through the ice. It's people running around, you know. But And that's, you know, that just worked perfectly to picture. But, you know, you've got that composed feel on it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, with the ideal programmatic score is you want to be able to take away the film and still be able to see it because the score punctuates it so clearly. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, what's your... Do you have to mind uh, a top music choice in an ad? I, I, do you know what? When you, you said that to me the other day, I, I don't have a, a favourite. I've got a couple of favourites. I, I've got quite a few favourites because they, they, they evoke different emotions, but I'm going to pick out... I'm going to pull out two. One's actually quite... Should I pull out two or three? I'm going to say them anyway. I'm going to do one that's quite fitting, and it isn't because um, Ennio um, Morricone passed away, sadly passed away this week, but I love David Finch's Nike Fate ad. Did you ever see that? I actually haven't um, seen it. We'll get it up. Yeah, Leave Nothing. And that has um, the uh, Ecstasy of Gold by Ennio Morricone in it, which is from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. And... That film is the story of two NFL players from babies being born and how you watch each of them growing up and then how fate leads them to be, you know, playing opposite each other in, a, in, a, in an American football match. That music on that, just even talking about it, makes my hair stand on edge and it's just so fucking big on it. It's just wonderful. I think it, it really takes that film to, to the next level and really, you know, you you feel them building up and getting older. And that's what I love about old music, when you get it right and you put it on that picture and the way that Fincher shot that. And then the second one, because it's part of the idea and even the update of it, I thought was cool as fuck when it first came out, excuse me, I'm swearing, was um, Volkswagen Singing in the Rain, the original updated. So Gene Kelly, do, 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 you know, so then, you know, the idea of him then doing body popping and break dancing, I love it when he goes, I'm ready for love. And then it just, it just drops. Uh, when I, that came out, I was like, oh my God, because they then updated the music as well. And Mint Royale did that. And that's part of the idea as well. They could have just left the music like that and left Gene, but they, up original, they updated the original piece, Singing in the Rain. They updated that music track as well. And they both worked perfectly. And again, what a brilliant anthemic film, brilliant idea and music equally as strong as that, as that, as that uh, film that it was um, married with. So I, I, would, I would pick out those two. 
Cool. And that's another great example of uh, the of of the creative idea doing the job. It's uh, front of mind. There is um, Nike and uh, and VW. Was it? It's uh, yeah. you know it brings the brands to front of mind when you remember the great work. And so you know I do get I get the impression that people are having a harder time than they used to selling on to the you know the C suite of the brand. You know your chief op and your chief information officer and the chief finance officer. It's like wait why are you why are we paying you all this money to make a film that doesn't necessarily even show the product being used? Like, can't we just go to go straight to people on digital? But it's like, you remember that great work and it comes straight to the front of mind. And, and, and music, if you think about it, think about ice cream vans. Yeah, ice yes. cream vans. Ice cream vans have music in them. What's the first thing? You don't see the ice cream van coming. You hear an ice cream van coming. You start grinning. The doors open and you, or you used to, you leg it outside. It's so distinct. Joy is coming, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And a memorable, and a memorable track, if you like. Yeah. And that's what, you know, and that's that's what you're trying to do. You know, not only does that feel the music play the role in in taking you through that that thirty seconds, whatever it is, fifteen, sixty, a minute, whatever, but it plays a role in in staying with you so that every time you hear it every time you hear you know Guinness, yes you know, of course yeah you know I mean? every time you hear that that piano play you know it's Stella every time you hear can hate be good yeah, you know yeah. it's Honda that's the power of of, of 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 good music and you know and marrying that together with a picture and it's and it's important you know you've we've seen ads where there is a great track on it but the film isn't very good and you don't really remember it, but when they're when they're put together and they're done properly, you can't argue, and yeah. they stay with you forever. Yeah. Well, it's um, we're about to come up on the hour, so that seems like a good place to uh, to jump off. But I definitely think there's probably more to go at, so we'll have to uh, do this again. Hopefully, uh, yeah. at, a, at a future time, we'll be able to come down to London, just set up a couple of mics, and um, right, yeah, do it come, for in, real. come in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, with that, I'll say, uh, yeah, thanks for speaking. Uh, best of luck with everything going on at St. Luke's. And, That's not really um, thank you to it as well to chat to you. It's great. Great stuff. All right. Well, speak soon. Yeah. Catch up. Bye.